Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Our world, um, sometimes it feels like our world has gone crazy, right? But the fact is... The world is just as it has been since Genesis chapter 3. The world has been crazy since Eve listened to a serpent talk and took of the fruit of the tree. Um, Our world is hostile to us. There has, from, from that time of Adam and Eve in the garden, there has been a battle between the seed of the woman that was to come, Jesus, and the seed of the serpent. And that we live in a hostile environment where, where uh, to live for Jesus uh, will, will cost us something. It, to live for Jesus will, will cause us to be mocked. If they hated Jesus, Jesus said, they will hate us as well. And so, First Peter, as we're looking at First Peter... Um, it is a book written to uh, those who were um, believers under persecution. It was written to believers who were under persecution, living in a hostile environment, just like we live in a hostile environment today. And, and Peter was writing with the authority of Jesus Christ saying, um, this is how you are to live. This is how you are to be held up under a, a hostile environment such as that. So let's look at our text tonight. Uh, Beginning in verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Beginning in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Your Word brings us life. Your Word causes us to be born again, as it says in chapter 2. And Father, we pray, Lord, that You would give us ears to hear and eyes to see in Your Word tonight. And Father, we thank You so much for what You have done for us in Jesus Christ. We pray that as we listen and as we we, uh, look at Your Word tonight, that it would well up in praise inside of us uh, to think on the wonderful things that You have done for us in Jesus. And Father, I pray that You would be with me Give me strength and grace as as I preach your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to kind of look back a little bit at a couple of things from what we saw last week. Peter is writing to elect exiles. He's he's writing to people who and, and, and believers who should think of themselves and as we should think of ourselves as foreigners. We should think of ourselves as aliens. 
Uh, not the little green men, okay, you kids here. We're, we're not thinking, but we're thinking of ourselves as people who we come from another kingdom. We, we belong to another kingdom, and that kingdom has its own king, which is Jesus Christ, and, and we are citizens of that kingdom, and we live in this world with our allegiance to a, a greater and higher king who is Jesus. And um, remember, it, it told us last week that all of the three persons of the Trinity were involved in our salvation. The Father planned our salvation. It was according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. In the sanctification of the Spirit, the Spirit applies our salvation. It, it opens our eyes. It causes that new birth to happen. And then um, the, it, we were all, it, all this was done so that for the purpose of that we would be obedient to Jesus. Jesus Christ. Um, we are to live in this world as, as His people, as His children, being obedient to our Lord, Jesus Christ. Well, tonight, the very first thing that He says is it's a call to praise. And then everything else we're going to look at after that are the reasons why we ought to praise God. He begins with, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise Him. Hallelujah. That's what it says on my shirt in Hebrew. Nobody can read it but me here, I guess. And maybe Bob. Nope. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, when we read this, this text tonight, it ought to cause us to praise Him, to bless Him, because He has done such wonderful and miraculous things in our lives. We, the, 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 the primary thing, the emphasis that is on this text tonight is that when we read about all these things that God has done for us, it ought to cause us to break out in praise. So what should we praise God for? The first thing is, according to His great mercy, He caused us to be born again to a living hope. We should praise God because He's caused us believers, those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, to be born again. But I'm going to back up a little bit earlier in that clause. And, and it says, according to His great mercy... According to His great mercy, God was not stingy with us, but He had great, huge, big mercy for us. And, and what is mercy? Of course, uh, grace, which, which we often think about. Grace is a gift. We, we don't deserve a gift. We don't deserve something that someone gives us. It's not like we work for it and get it like a paycheck. But no, Grace is a gift, and mercy is when we don't get something we deserve. Have you ever had something you deserved and you were glad you didn't get it? Everybody who's been a child and got away with not getting a spanking should raise their hand. <laughs> when we deserve something, and yet we receive mercy, we don't, we don't get what we really deserve. That is Mercy, And because we have all sinned, because uh, as Ephesians tells us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we were by nature children of wrath, by, we were, we were uh, at, at enmity and hostile to God before we came to know Jesus, in the midst of all that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the midst of that, we didn't deserve it, and He had great, magnificent mercy for us. 
So we're to praise God because of His magnificent, great mercy and that He caused us to be born again. The Bible tells us we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We couldn't do anything to save ourselves. We were, we were lost. We were hopeless. And God took uh, these dead corpses, so to speak. Not literally, but spiritually, we were corpses. And God caused us to be born again. Instead of just burying us and, and doing away with us, He caused us to be born again. He, he brought new life to us. When we think about what is being born again, you know, uh, John had or John tells us about how Jesus had this conversation with a man named Nicodemus, and Nicodemus wanted to know how how can he enter the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus told him, well, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. What born again? Nicodemus says. How can, I be, how can a person be born again? Do you have to go back into your mother and, and be born a second time physically? No, Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have to be born both of water and of the Spirit. I, 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 this may not be the, the, the precise meaning John had in mind, but basically for us to understand it, we have to be born both of, of physical birth and we have to be born a spiritual birth. We have to be born again and have our spiritual eyes open. We were dead and we need to be born again. Well, if, that, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you are trusting in Him for your salvation, that's what happened to you. You were born again. You once were dead and God gave you new life and opened up your eyes and you were born again. It's a whole new life. You're a brand new baby in Jesus. That ought to be enough to cause us to praise Him. Right? That ought to be enough to say, Blessed be God! Blessed be the God and Father! He's the one who planned it from all eternity as the Spirit has brought it to us in reality. Then He says, According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. To a living hope. We have, as believers in Jesus Christ, a living hope. As I said before, it is not a dead hope. It is not an empty hope. We are not hoping in some kind of of, uh, um, um, we're not hoping in some kind of idol, some some kind of thing of of rock or stone or 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 or. or, wood or anything like that. We are not hoping in some idol, but we are hoping in Jesus Christ. We are hoping in the One who rose from the dead. Hey, Addie, go ahead and turn off the sound. I think it will be better without sound than for me cutting in and out. You can all hear me okay? Okay. It's just distracting whenever it's cutting in and out. So, Okay, so we have been born again to a living hope. We have, we, we have a, a, a real, tangible hope. This is not something that's just empty. You know, a lot of people can have hopes in something that's just a dream, that's just a vapor. You can, you can have hopes in a lot of things. Uh, you know, I, I started a new job this week, and I hope I do really well at it. And maybe I will. And I really hope that I do. And I'm going to work hard to do it. But you know what? Uh, I can fail. 
But Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. His hope is living. His hope is, 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 uh, uh, is confident and sure. We can trust in the hope that we have in Jesus. You know, I, I might say, I hope I win the lottery. I don't play the lottery. But we can say, I hope I win some prize. Or I, I hope somebody gives me a million dollars. But there's, there's not, it's not the kind of hope that Jesus gives us. We have a living hope that is real. He says, born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How do we know our hope is living? How do we hope, know our hope is real and, and can be trusted? We can trust in that. We can trust in that because that Jesus rose from the dead. Because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He could have just died for our sins and been the punishment, taken the punishment for our sins and then just been, been buried and, 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 and we could all say, isn't it great that Jesus took our punishment and died for our sins? But if He didn't raise from the dead, we'd all be wondering, what makes Him different from any other man? What, what, what makes Him different? How can we know that our sins are really forgiven? But by the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, we know, we, we can be confident that what He said was true and that our sins are forgiven when we trust in Him. Because He really did raise from the dead. Historical eyewitnesses that He rose from the dead. All of them died martyrs' deaths holding on to the fact that Jesus really, they really saw him die. They really saw that sword go through his side and blood and water flow. And they really saw him alive again on the third day. That's a hope that we can be confident in and be sure in. And then Peter says. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. We all know what an inheritance is, right? An inheritance is something we receive when another person dies. Well, it's different here as, as Peter is writing about it because we're talking about the inheritance we receive whenever we come back to life, <laughs> right? We're, we're talking about the inheritance that we will have because we have been called children of God, because we have been born again and we're now God's children. When we die and, we go, and, and, and He raises us up to life one day, we will be with Him forever. He has a, a home for us. And, and we have an inheritance. Inheritance was a very important thing in the Old Testament, you know, uh, among, among the Jewish people, because, you know, they wouldn't even let. Uh, a property go from a from one tribe to another because after seven years, if somebody sold it, it had to revert back to the original tribe because because inheritance was such an important thing, and we have an inheritance just like Abraham was promised an inheritance. Abraham was promised that he would have the land of Canaan. Abraham was promised that he would have have uh, descendants as many as the stars of the sky and as the sands of the sea. And Abraham was promised that he would have um, a blessing and that his, 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 uh, one of his descendants would bless the whole world. Well, we have an inheritance. Just like Abraham had that inheritance. We, you know, Jesus said, um, 
that we can inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. And, and, and we have an inheritance. If we've been born again, we have an inheritance that is imperishable. It's imperishable. It's not going to waste away. We, you know, uh, when, when we think of perishables, we think of food a lot of the times. We think of, of uh, fruit and vegetables and things like that. And, and so the, the inheritance we have is imperishable. So we think of a, like maybe a piece of fruit like a, like a peach, a nice, pretty, beautiful, good-smelling peach. And we, we set it out on the counter... We think, man, it smells so good. I, I need to, I need to eat some of that peach. And so you, you get a knife and you cut it open, and on the inside, what do you find? But a soft spot, and maybe even a worm. That's perishable. That's disappointing, isn't it? But Jesus, the inheritance we have with Jesus is imperishable, and it is undefiled. It is undefiled. There is no sin. There is no pain. There is no sickness, no death in in the inheritance that we have in Jesus. Uh, We look forward to a time when He will come. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes and we will no longer deal with the things that we deal with in this world. This this world that we live in has been defiled ever since Genesis chapter 3. This world has been defiled. It's full of sin and brokenness. And when Jesus returns again, our inheritance is something that will not be stained by sin. It will be imperishable. It will be undefiled. And it will be unfading. And I think here of a couple of things. Uh, you, you ever get a brand new book and it just looks so nice and shiny and, and you can smell it and it smells so good. And I'm thinking of Addie in here. She loves to read. She loves to get new books, and she's going to get a new book on her birthday this week. Um, and uh, you get that new book, and it's nice and shiny, and and then maybe sit it out in the sun for a little while, and the cover begins to fade in color, and you read it many times, and and the pages just aren't as stiff and crisp as they used to be, and after a while, maybe after reading it many, 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 many times. The, the binding is beginning to fall apart and it just doesn't even hold together anymore. It's, it's fades. But the inheritance we have in Jesus will never fade. It is unfading. It will be just as good the moment we receive it as it will be in a million years. And, and uh, we will never be tired of the excitement that we have from this inheritance that we have in Jesus. Another thing I thought of was, was a brand new car. You know, you go, you go get a brand new car and you, you're excited about it. You're going and, and you're washing it three times a week, waxing it and everything. And you, and, you, and you may take it to a friend's house and say, hey, come on, listen to this stereo system. Listen to how great this, this uh, stereo system sounds in my car. And you're opening up the hood and you're looking at everything. And a few more miles come down the road and maybe uh, you get a ding here and paint begins to fade and chip. And you're just not as excited about it when you've had that car 200,000 miles than the day that you got it whenever you drove off the lot. But that inheritance we have in Jesus is not like that. We will be just as excited after a million years, after a billion years with Jesus than we were the moment we receive this inheritance. And Peter tells us it is kept 
in heaven for you. It is kept in heaven for you. It is, it is guarded. It is protected. You know, we might, we might fear here in this world the things that we have, something that you can inherit from someone in your family. Uh, we might fear in this life that, that uh, the things that we have, the things that we can, we can uh, possess will, be, will become rusty, will become uh, worn and torn, moth-eaten, like Jesus said, put your treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. This inheritance that we have is kept in heaven for you. It's kept in heaven. And I think the emphasis here is there is nothing that can touch it. This is, this is your inheritance because you have trusted in Jesus. It is your inheritance. It is imperishable. It is undefiled. It is, it is uh, uh, um, unfading. And it is kept in heaven for you. It's got your name on it, right? It's got, it is kept in heaven for you. That ought to cause us to praise God, right? Back to the first verse. Blessed be the God and Father. We should praise God because He's caused us to be born again. We've got to praise God because He has this inheritance for us that will never fade away and that is, is kept in heaven for us. And then finally, verse 5. It's kept in heaven for you who... And that who is talking about you if you're trusting in Jesus. Who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. So what's being guarded? You are. First, we read about how how the inheritance is being kept in heaven and reserved for us, and it's unfading, and all those things. Now, he's saying, God's power is keeping you and me. And, and why is that important? Well, in this hostile world that we live in, in this hostile world where we face temptation, where we face hostility, where we, where we face persecution, and all of these things, we might wonder, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. I just don't know if I can hold on another day. Lord, help me get through this. Whatever temptations that may come our way, and we're wondering, Lord, how can I make it? The confidence that we can have that we will reach that inheritance someday, it's, it's not because we can be so strong. It's not because we have such great strength and such great faith. No, our confidence that we will one day have that inheritance is in the fact that we are kept by God's power, not our own. We're kept by God's power. We're being kept and guarded. Guarded. That's, that's, that's a term that's, that's used of like putting a garrison of soldiers in a city to protect something. We, we are guarded by God's power. Like He set up a bunch of soldiers around us to keep us. And then we might have that day when I feel like, man, my, I just don't even know if I have a mustard seed of faith today. But that mustard seed will be protected and guarded by God's power Himself. And we are being kept by God's power 
for a salvation that is ready to be revealed. Now, you might think, well, I'm saved. What is talking about a future salvation? Well, the Bible talks about salvation in three senses, in past, present, and future. We got saved. You know, we, we can talk about, I got saved back when I trusted in Christ. When I, when I looked to Him and, and, and He came into my life and, and opened my eyes and I began to believe that Jesus died for me. We can talk about it as a past reality. And we can talk about it as a present reality as well. Uh, Paul talks about it, and I know others in the, in the, of the New Testament writers talk about this sense that uh, we are presently being saved. But there's also this future reality. On that last day when Jesus returns again, uh, when we stand before the judgment seat one day, and, the, and it's ready to be revealed, it's, it's, it's like the cover is pulled back. And we'll see, because we have been kept by God's power, that we, are, we were real all along. And we may have wondered, and we may have had our doubts, and we may have had our, 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 our insecurities and wondered, do I really have enough faith? But all along, it's been kept by God's power. And as He pulls away the veil, we'll see, I've been real all along. What God has done in me, it's been real. It's been real. And He says, guarded through faith. We'll look at those words, through faith. It's not as if we are passive in this whole ordeal. God is not just, just uh, uh, choosing, I'm going to save you, and it have nothing to do with us. But He, he appropriates that, he, he gives that to us by giving us the faith to believe in Him. That faith, you know, uh, Ephesians says, it's not of our, this faith is not of ourselves, but it's the gift of God. Um, and, and like that, we are guarded by God's power through faith. He continues to, to give us faith. When we feel weak, when we feel like we got to give up, He continues to give us faith. He continues to, to help sustain that and, and, and nurture that so that we continue to just hold on. He gives us faith to, to just continue to hold on. We've got to persevere. If we let go, if we decide we're going to walk away from Jesus and not follow Him anymore, we don't have any kind of security. But the fact is, if we're trusting in Him, He's going to hold on to us and not let us walk away. And then finally, it's for a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. It's ready. Our salvation is ready. We've already received it. It's already there. But it's going to be revealed on that last day, in that judgment, whenever Jesus comes and we see Him in glory. And we see, and He pulls that veil away, and we are found to be His. So those are all three things that we should praise God for. One, He has caused us to be born again. We were dead, and He brought us to life. He has given us a new life. We are changed. We are new creatures in Christ. Hallelujah! We should praise Him for that. And then, He has an inheritance that's waiting for us that, that we will always be 100% excited about it. In fact, 200% excited about it. There's no such thing. <laughs> we, will, we, will be, we will never fade in our, our enthusiasm for the gift that God has given us in this inheritance. 
So we should praise Him. Hallelujah! This inheritance. Hallelujah! We have received this inheritance. And then He keeps us by His power. Boy, I live in this hostile world. I don't know how long I can make it. But He keeps us. He protects us. And that ought to cause us to say hallelujah again. Hallelujah! Praise Him. Praise God. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's done all these things. He is worthy of our praise. Our only hope is to trust in Him. You know, I've been talking to believers tonight. I've been talking to those who have trusted in Jesus. This is, this is, this is true for people who have already been born again. There is a lost world out there that is hostile, that is dead in their trespasses and sins. And maybe there's someone in here tonight who hasn't yet trusted in Jesus, who hasn't let, yet given Him their life. These things are all available for free. You don't have to fix your life up and make yourself perfect so God will accept you. But He just asks that we come to Him with empty hands and throw ourselves on Him and throw ourselves on His mercy. It's not about getting what we deserve. It's about not getting what we deserve. It's about getting what we don't deserve. And that is Jesus. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.